There are several dates that are important to understanding what led me to begin my podcast journey. And you will now become part of that. The first date I'd like to mention is May 18, 2016. What led up to that event is the horrifying memories that I had seeing my sister passing away to stage four pancreatic cancer. In all my life, I had never seen anything like it. I had seen my sister go through the chemotherapy, go through the radiation treatment. I had seen her lose her hair. She'd suffered hair loss. Her hair was down past her back. She had these beautiful, long locks. And I watched as her hair began to fall and she began to have it shaved from her head to save and preserve it. My sister had the most giving spirit, one of which I have ever seen. Going through cancer herself, she donated her hair to others that needed hair. My sister reached out to the cancer societies to donate her hair to them. They refused. My sister April Riley was a very, very inspiring person. She'd reached out to these cancer societies to donate her hair to, to the men, the women, the children, because that's what she felt was on our heart to do. And because a lot of the cancer societies and um, those um, organizations uh, did not accept locked hair, um, locked hair had not been in a created in such a way, I guess, where it could have been like a, a weave type style. You know, your locks would have to be intertwined with the person's hair, I guess. And, uh, that may have caused some issues, um, you know, in that cancer, um, you know, area the cancer research area or those recipients receiving locked hair. Nevertheless, my sister did find uh, people, uh, friends, family members that would wear her hair um, by attaching it to theirs. And uh, some of this information I found out after the fact, after I lost my sister to cancer. 
uh, my grandmother would tell me and some of my cousins would tell me, uh, my female cousins would tell me or that my sister had donated her hair to them and they would wear her locks in their hair. And that just goes to show you that life happens. And when life happens, we have to make lemonade out of the lemons. We have to still give back. We have to still move forward. We have to still live our life as if it's our last day here on earth. And I want to say that my sister April did that. She lived her life as if it were her last day here on earth every day of her life. She traveled, especially more when she found out that she actually had cancer. It was, and according to them, too late. She was already in stage four. And so I didn't know what I could do, what I should do, or how to handle the situation. I just wanted to be there for my sister. I visited her in the hospitals. I spent time with her. Uh, you know, I, you know, got food from her for her. Um, you know, I played chess with her. I, you know, had my best friend. He came up. You know, we all kind of grew up together. He came up and played chess with my sister. And I remember the last, one of the last experiences that my sister was actually in the hospital. I had um, my friend who's really like a brother to me. Uh, we had visited my sister and um, we played chess together. Uh, rode my sister around the hospital floors and we kind of like raced in the hallways and he kind of raced her in the hallways by pushing her in the wheelchair up and down the hallway. So my sister had a blast, even though she was in so much pain physically, mentally, emotionally, and she was going through a very stressful situation in her life at the moment, at that moment. And uh, through it all, she was optimistic. She saw a light. She saw a beautiful light, and she knew that God had her back. God had her back. And when I reflect on that last month of my sister's life, um, you know, we're talking... Her, her birthday. She had just celebrated her birthday, which is April the 19th, and she passed away May 18th of 2016. So she was not here with us 30 days before she passed away. And I remember, and I remember the hospice nurse coming over to uh, my mother's home because my sister was uh, on hospice. She was eventually placed into hospice in our mother's home and the hospice nurse came and basically said that uh, my sister had seven days seven days she had seven days left to live and I fought my hardest and I said no there's no way she's a fighter my sister's still gonna be she's still going to be here 
She's going to be here much longer than just seven days, right? She's going to be here. She's going to beat this thing. I know my sister is going to beat this thing. I believe in God and I affirm in God and I know that God will not take my sister away from me. And as we're in our mother's home, my siblings, all of our siblings, there was seven. There's there's a total of seven of us on my mother's side, five boys and two girls. And so I just knew that God would save my sister. I just knew it. There was no way he was going to take my sister, my younger, my young sister away from me. I'm the oldest. My sister and I are about a year and a half apart or a year and some months apart. And, you know, my sister was my strength. As I tell this story, I have tears in my eyes and I feel them rolling down my cheek. I've never shared this story in grave detail the way that I'm sharing it now. This is the first time that I'm sharing this story. I had not had a moment to really think and reflect on the intricacies of this story. I wasn't certain that it would ever become a story. My sister would always encourage me to live my best life, to stay strong no matter what, to protect and take care of my children and give them things that I've never had before, give them the best. And I inst that was instilled in me as a father, I have always done my very best to give my children the absolute best of me. I wanted them to have things that I've never had before in life. I wanted for my children what I never had in my own life. I, I, I took my children to various events and, and Cardinals games. And, uh, you know, we used to have just because days, just because days are just because, you know, so I'd uh, go to the store, go to the grocery store and buy ice cream and cake and cookies and pies and all these things and balloons. And I would say happy just because day. And that's, I introduced that to my children. I would do things like that for my son and my daughter. Just because. There's no special event. It's just because the special event was me loving my children. Me wanting to shower my children with love. And that's every day. Yeah, I wanted to show them something differently. It doesn't have to be your birthday or a holiday for me to show you that I love you and give you gifts and shower you with love and cake and ice cream and cookies and pies and all those things. And so um, my sister April was very inspiring. She was a very inspirational young woman. She had this fire about her. She had this beautiful personality where she would speak and people would listen and she would be so extrovert. She would be an extra, she was an extrovert. She would speak to people and uh, gravitate towards people and make friends easily. 
My sister April, she would be the life of a party. She was definitely the life of the party for sure. Huh. I remember uh, a few years before my sister found out that she had cancer, we were on the phone. She was like, bro, I need you to send me some money. I need to get to St. Louis. I need you to pay for my plane ticket so I could come to St. Louis. I said, okay. And so <laughs> I paid for my sister. This is the first time my sister had ever asked me for any money or anything. It's the first time that I remember ever even giving her money. <laughs> and so she, uh, she, I paid for her plane ticket and she was in St. Louis. She moved, she came to St. Louis and, uh, I guess she she concealed that she had cancer from the family. Uh, if in fact I don't think she even knew that she had cancer at that time. Uh, and eventually, my sister uh, and she had gotten an apartment in St. Louis, and uh, I remember being in her apartment for a few weeks I visited her I stayed with her for a few weeks maybe a month at, at the most and uh I remember <laughs> she would order she she was on this health kick so this is I think um maybe a year or so of her being in St. Louis Missouri that she actually realized that she had cancer but she didn't tell anyone at that time she would order this food all right, let me see. Let me remember what she told me. Okay, so she was ordering food. She was having, like, vegetables, meal prep sent to her in the mail. That's what she told me. She was she had meal prep sent to her in the mail. And she would be on this thing where she wanted to lose weight and she wanted to be healthier. And uh, she ordered this food from a particular company. I do not remember the name of the company. But she would order the the, the produce, the the vegetables, and the 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 meal prep, you know, from this particular company. And um, I remember being in the, in her kitchen as she was prepping all her food and things. And I was like, sis, this this is just vegetables. Like I could have done this for you. I could have prepped your food for you. I could have done meal prep and and gotten you on a on a diet. You know what I mean? And <laughs> done all these things. She's like, bro, this is what I want to do. So my sister was very determined to do what she wanted to do. And I think all of us were and are. Uh, I think it's just in our DNA. And so uh, that's what she ended up doing. She ended up, uh, you know, sticking to the meal prep plan and things of that nature. And uh, I remember uh, later my sister and I had a conversation and she had stated that she thought the food that was being shipped to her for meal prepping was the cause of her developing pancreatic cancer. I remember my sister telling me that. Um, I had been doing my best to get some research done on the company. Again, I don't remember the name of that company that my sister told me about. 
And nevertheless, um, it's it's a very interesting story. And I only mention that because it's one of the last conversations that I remember my sister telling me. I remember quite a few things about my sister that I've never shared with the world or with anyone. And I will basically share her story as much as I can remember of her story. Um, But focusing on May 18th. I want to focus a little, give you guys a little history on what happened before May 18th, what happened after May 18th, what happened the morning of April the 19th. So it was a very, 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 very important, memorable day in my life. And I want to remember my sister. I want to remember what I experienced, what I recall of that incident and leading up towards May 18th of 2016. Uh, Each day I watched my sister's body get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. I saw my sister lose massive weight over the course of months, over the course of a year. Uh, and it was rapid weight loss. And it was disheartening. It it came to a point where my sister had to be escorted from her hospital bed, the bed that was in our mother's home in a designated area for my sister. She had to be escorted from that bed to the bathroom and ultimately and eventually she needed help washing her body. And It was at that moment that I knew all the praying that I had done, all the energy work that I had done, all the Reiki that I had administered on her. It helped ease her pain. Yet the realization that I was literally going to lose my sister to this disease was heart-wrenching. It became very heart-wrenching for me. I did not know how to accept it. I did not know what to expect. No one in my family had ever died of pancreatic cancer. No one had ever died of cancer in front of me. I never seen anyone go through the metamorphosis of transitioning as a result of being affected by cancer. And 
I'd like to share with you that if you have someone that's going through cancer, you have a family, a friend, a loved one, let them know how much you love them. Let them know, let them know how much you care about them. Put aside your differences. Settle any quarrels or debts. And just love them. Because they need you and you need them. You never know when you're going to lose someone close. You never know if your family, friend, or loved one will be here today or gone tomorrow. During this pandemic, a lot of lives have been lost. A lot of lives could have been prevented from being lost. And nevertheless, lives have been lost. Many more lives will be lost over the course of the next three years or so during this pandemic. You will lose those you love, those that mean the most to you. It's just the hardcore reality. There's two things that's promised to us here on earth. That is life and death. That's it. Those two things I guarantee will happen. You will be born free. You will also die. It is not always certain when we will die, but it is certain that we will. I just want to share with you that no matter how short of a lifespan you have here on this earth, Live your best life. Do something great. Be someone great. Inspire others. Learn to love yourself. Learn to heal yourself. Learn to love others. Learn to heal others. Forgiveness is something that I have fought hard to overcome. Today, I'd like to encourage you to learn to forgive, learn to live a more stress-free lifestyle. Stress is what kills you. Stress is what kills you. Sometimes you have to let things roll off your back as if it was sweat or, or water rolling off your back. Don't sweat the petty stuff. It's a phrase that I've always heard. 
most of my life. Don't sweat the petty stuff. I remember standing next to my sister while she lay down in the hospital issued bed in our mother's home. We would talk and I would get on her nerves. I would pray for her. I would do Reiki on her and it would be too much for her to receive. I remember various things about my sister. I also remember hearing something fall the night or the early morning of May 18th. Every night my sister had a tablet she would video chat with her friends, her family, her loved ones on the video. Give people updates of her current, of her situation, how she was feeling, what she was going through, what she was experiencing, things of that nature. And I remember most nights one of our siblings would or our mother would be in the room with her as she rested the night of May 17th I don't recall anyone staying in the room with my sister that night And I regret it to this day. Because sometime later that night, early the, early the morning of the 18th, my sister was alone when she passed away. And I wish I had been there with her. May 17th my family and I were discussing what we were going to do with my sister's body if she was going to be cremated if she was going to have a funeral memorial etc the decision had to be made. And it may not have been the appropriate or opportune time to mention it because our sister was passing away of cancer. And the hard truth of the matter is we wanted to respect our sister's wishes and what that meant. So I asked my sister 
what her wishes were. If she wanted to be cremated or if she wanted to be, to have a funeral, to be buried. We were all standing in the room talking back and forth and I asked that question to my sister. I did not get a response from my sister. She was a fighter. The last thing that I wanted to do or be was insensitive. The last thing that I wanted was to dishonor my sister. I wanted to make sure as the eldest that my sister's wishes would be handled. I do know that in our family most of us have all have only had a funeral. No one that I can recall has been cremated. I also realized that our family was going through a financial battle. And so ultimately after the passing of my sister we decided as a family that she should well part of our family wanted her to be cremated part of our family wanted her to have a funeral so we decided to have a funeral in honor of our sister to honor our sister Everything happened so fast. On May 18th, that morning, that early morning, it was probably around between the hours of about 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. I heard a thump. I heard a loud thump. And I ran upstairs because I was in my mother's basement at the time. And I went upstairs and I saw that thump was not my sister. I thought that she had fallen out of the bed, out of the hospital bed. Or needed help. The thump that I heard was her tablet that she had dropped from her hand. She had been on her tablet before she passed away. And she took her last breath holding her tablet as it fell out of her hand and her, her, and her arm collapsed onto the bed for the last time. 
I held my sister, I hugged my sister, I kissed my sister on her forehead, on her cheek. I prayed over my sister and I told her how much I loved her and how much I missed her. Already I'd missed my sister. And I wanted her to come back. Immediately I told my mother and my siblings that April had passed away. It was the most difficult responsibility that I had ever had in my life. was to announce to my family members that our sister was no longer here with us. My mother began making phone calls to notify the rest of our family members that April had passed away. My mother had also decided to contact the funeral homes and let them know that our sister had passed away. I asked if a coroner would come. The nurse, the hospice nurse told my mother that the coroner would not come because we knew the cause of death. The death was cancer. That's what the hospice nurse had said. So, as family members began to arrive, I contacted a few friends of mine for support. They came over to visit and see my sister. When my sister passed away and after I'd had given the news to my family, uh, I went outside. I walked out the front door of our mother's home. Walked outside to get some fresh air. The sky was blue. There were some clouds. The sun was not shining bright. Yet I noticed when I took my breath, it felt as if life had left my body. It felt as if I had breathed my last breath and it also felt as if someone had punched me so hard into my solar plexus 
and I couldn't breathe. I was gasping for air. I did not know how to accept that I'd lost my sister to cancer. I did not know how to grieve or if it was appropriate to grieve. I knew that I had to be there for my siblings and my mother. I had to be strong and remain strong for all of them. This was not a time or moment for me to show any weaknesses, for me to be anything other than strong. And so that's what I wanted to do. I put on a mask. The persona was that I had to maintain my strength as the eldest brother. I had to pretend I was the strongest person for the entire family. I wore that mask. I wore that persona. Deep down inside, I felt disgusted. I felt hurt. I felt betrayed. I felt as if I should have been the one that had passed away in her place. I blamed myself for not being strong enough, for not doing more to protect her, to, to heal her. I'd known that from reading the Bible and reading scriptures in the Bible that God raised people from the dead or Jesus raised people from the dead. Why couldn't God raise my sister from the dead? I questioned God. I asked God, why did you take my sister away? Then I also accepted that my sister's transition was a blessing for me, for my family. When one life leaves this world, another life enters. Although my sister was passing away from cancer, my youngest son was born prematurely. And my sister got a chance to see him before she passed away. That was the blessing. My sister was an Aries. My youngest son is also an Aries. My sister's spirit and energy lives within my son.
And I realized that when my son was in the NICU, that my sister's spirit and energy would be there with him, protecting him, watching over him, talking to him, playing with him. As family members came, as friends came and left, the funeral home staff arrived as quickly as they had arrived, they had left, taking my sister's body in their hearse. As they slowly began to ride up the street away from our home, accelerating in speed, I watched them until I could no longer see them. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. That's what I have to say to you today. As you listen to this podcast, be encouraged. Be encouraged and be strengthened in God. Because that is where your strength will come from. Their strength will come from God. As you watch your friends, your family, your loved ones transition from this world into the next, be encouraged, be strengthened, and know that there is healing for you on this journey. Healing may not come for you immediately. It may take a lifetime for you to heal from the hurt, from the pain, from the bitterness, from the anger, from the frustration. Do not blame yourself. Do not take personal responsibility as I had done. It will tear you apart. God gives life. And once that happens, know that after God gives you life, you will eventually take your last breath. God gives and God takes away. That is the cycle of life. God gives and God takes away. As tragic as it may sound, it is the truth. And sometimes there's absolutely nothing that we can do about that. 
It's okay to question God. It's okay to question why. At some point, you have to come to the realization that it's not necessarily about why. It should become more of a question about what lesson can I learn from this? How can I preserve the legacy of my loved one that has passed away? And so that's what it's about. Preserving the legacy of your loved ones. Living your life the best way you can sometimes means allowing your loved ones to live their lives through you. And see, that is what I have done. My sister April has inspired me to begin my podcast journeys. To begin my podcast journeys in such a way that I have never began them before. And that is to tell my story, to tell her story, to tell the story of many, many others that have inspired me. Those that have transitioned, those that are still living. Today, my podcast journey have evolved in something in a different way. I have a new view on my podcasts, things that I like to share, things that I like to show and be an inspiration. Want to be in and I want to be an inspiration to everyone that listens to this podcast. Today, this was about my sister. I want to share with you, I remember how it felt when I the first time I almost lost my sister. And this is why I ended up questioning God why he took my sister away. Because if he took, he allowed my sister to be taken away from us in May 18th, on May 18th, 2016, why didn't he take her away from us when she was a child. I question that. My sister and I would do everything together. When I started school, she wanted to start school. She was too young to start school. My sister would see me every morning 
when I was of school age, walk out of the door of our grandmother's home, look to my left, look to my right for cars as I crossed the street, and I would sometimes climb over the fence into the schoolyard and be at school, as opposed to walking five, three, three minutes, three to five minutes up the street, around the fence, around the other fence, and to the schoolyard to get to school, which took forever, when I could just walk across the street, climb the fence, and be at school. It was so much easier for me to do that at five years old. And my sister had to be about um, maybe three and a half, four at that time. And uh, one day she ventured out of the house of our grandmother's home where we lived and not understanding she need to look left and right before she crossed the street. I assume that's what happened. She ended up crossing the street to come to school because she wanted to be with me. And a car hit her, ran her body completely over, drug her body. And my sister was taken to the hospital I didn't know any of this until after I had gotten out of school and I was told what happened. And there was tire marks over my sister's body, her arms, her legs. And no one remembers seeing the driver of the car. No one took license plates. It was a crime that was committed. A hit and run. No one's seen it. They, well, they described the color of the car, but that's it. They described the color of the car. No one who knew, no one knew who it was. They didn't stop. They kept going. I could have lost my sister that day. I didn't. God allowed her to live and be here. It was the grace of God that kept my sister alive. It was the angels that protected her body from being hurt. My sister did not have a broken bone. She did not have a concussion. She was not bleeding. She was not bandaged. She didn't have any of those things. She just had tire marks on her arms and legs. So that was the first time I almost lost my sister. And I only mentioned that portion of it because I don't think my siblings even know that. And they were not even born. But it made me feel some type of way knowing that I could have lost my sister. 
I wanted to be the big brother to my sister that she deserved. I grew up knowing and learning that as the big brother, I had a greater responsibility. And that responsibility was to take care of my sister, not to let anything happen to my sister. And as the big brother, when I heard what happened to my sister, I was disappointed. I was angry. I was upset. I wanted to go after that car. I wanted to run it down. I wanted to chase it. I wanted to find the people who did that. And I was going to, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to. It's the way that I felt. I was so grateful that my sister was alive and that she was doing good and that she was not injured. So I just knew it was going to be the same thing years later. Yep. My sister was diagnosed with cancer. I knew in my heart of hearts that she would survive, that she would be healed from it. She would be fine, and and that would be it. And so the reality did not set in until after my sister's body was taken in the hearse on that morning of May 18, 2016. So uh, I'd like to just encourage you guys to continue to do your very best in life, to love yourself, to honor yourself, because in loving yourself and honoring yourself, only then will you begin to learn how to love and honor others. As I reminisce on all of the experiences that I have had in the past with my sister, I just want to say that whatever you remember in life about yourself, about your loved one, remember the goodness, remember the good things about them, encourage someone else to, um, to do the same thing. If you have someone in your life, show them how much you love them, show them how much you care, and you live your life the best way you can. Because in living your life the best way you can, it will enable you to remember to create that legacy. Because sometimes we take life for granted. And we take life for granted. And sometimes we should take a few moments to take three deep breaths and realize that we are human. We are not all perfect, yet we are human. And we only deserve nothing but the best. This podcast has been a tribute to my sister, April Riley. As I hold your memories deep within my heart, 
and I share your memories with the world. I want to say thank you, April, for being a divine inspiration to me, for allowing me to be your big brother in this life, for allowing our family to be the family that you chose to bless. I appreciate you for being the perfect auntie to my children, the perfect sister, the perfect inspiration. I honor you. I will forever cherish you. God knows I will always miss you. As I look at myself in the mirror, I see a reflection of you inside of me. And I'm humbled and I'm honored that you are still here with me. I love you. I will physically always miss you. Yet I know that your spirit lives through me. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the King Yah Speaks Network. I'm your host, King Yah. I appreciate you all. Continue to listen to my podcast. Continue to share them. If you have any inspirational stories you'd like to share, feel free to leave me a voice note on anchor FM forward slash King Yah. You may follow me wherever you stream your favorite podcast. As our podcast continues to evolve, as our podcast continues to improve, please like, subscribe to us on our Instagram channel, on our YouTube channel, King Yah Speaks. Please make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Leave us a positive review. Your contributions go a long way. It helps us to improve, modify, and evolve as we continue sharing inspirational stories such as this to the rest of the world to encourage you, to give you strength, to give you hope. Remember, you can because you think you can. You can because you think you can. You can because you think you can. When you know you can, you will. When you know you can, you will. When you know that you can, then you will. Until next time.